It was a simple mission, to a man of his abilities. Get assigned to fly the right jet, follow the route, save enough fuel, avoid ground fire, and find some place to land. Raspionut, he'd thought to himself, as easy as spitting. He hated Syria. The place was a hellhole compared to Moscow. Everything was brown and filthy, all the way to the hazy, rocky hills that surrounded the Tias T-4 military airbase. Even when it rained, as it had the evening before, it was just grimy mist falling onto sand, like warm, dirty sweat from the sky, leaving smeared streaks on everything that was parked outside. But his jet was inside, protected by an arched shelter that had been hardened against missile strikes and thickly covered with sand to avoid the prying eyes of satellites. There were no hangar doors at either end, so he could start engines, taxi out, and get airborne swiftly, and get back inside just as quickly after landing. His flying boots echoed oddly off the curved walls as he walked towards his hulking silver and black jet, a tall, thin, yellow ladder, balanced on its tripod base, showed the way up to the cockpit. He hung his helmet on the side hook and stepped back to look at the airplane. One careful walk around, a last chance to check all systems before takeoff. Two things about the MiG-25 always caught his attention. The first was the bizarrely tall and thin tires. It was as if they'd been taken from some oversized off-road motorcycle and mistakenly attached to this flying machine. The bright green hubs of the inner wheels added to the incongruity. He kicked the black rubber as he walked past. Like he always did. For luck. The other strangeness was the enormity of the engine intakes. Yawning black rectangles, bigger than any jet he'd ever flown, leaning forward like giant shoulder pads on either side of the cockpit, empty great mouths that could gulp down air fast enough to feed the two voracious Tomansky R-15B-300 engines within. After years of flying MiG-25s, Grief knew the deafening whistling sound they made as well as he knew his own voice. As a test pilot, he'd pushed the plane to find its limits of speed and altitude, clawing a record-breaking 37 kilometers up above Greater Moscow to where he'd seen the blackness of the sky above and the curvature of the Soviet Union below. His squadron mates had nicknamed him Griffon, after the highest flying of all birds, the Griffon Vulture. The name had soon been shortened to just one harsh Russian syllable, Grif. The cool of the desert night had soaked into the hardened aircraft shelter's walls and the metal of the jet, but the day's heat was already starting to blow in through the open doors. He could feel it on his hands and head. The rest of his body was encased in the tightly laced pressure suit he wore to protect himself from the thinness of the air at the extreme altitudes that this MiG-25 could reach. The same sort of suit that cosmonauts wore. He liked the feel of smooth pressure against his skin. Completing his pre-flight inspection, Grief pulled his helmet off the hook, put it on with hoses dangling, and started up the skinny ladder. The Americans called the jet Foxbat. The first letter, F, 
had been designated for fighter aircraft in the Western military naming system, and predecessor MiGs had been clumsily nicknamed Faggot, Fresco, Fishbed, and Flogger. Grief had seen the words in American reporting and disliked the lack of avian poetry. He was glad they'd chosen better this time. The actual fox bat was a flyer, one of the largest bats in the world, with keen eyesight and the ability to fly stealthily and far.